We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. Hope you had a great weekend. Big hug to all of y'all. We appreciate your support. Uh, If you'd like to support us more, share our videos and let people know about this show. Also, if you want to help us monetarily, purchase merch. The link is down below. Also, if you're a monthly supporter, you get a discount if you become an annual supporter. So just making you aware of that for those of you who watch this show on Patreon and Locals. Let's get into this. Uh, We have great, great news. The Tario Family Fund has hit, just shy of my recording this, $102,000. Patrick Byrne uh, will be matching the other $100,000 so they can reach their goal of $200,000. I text him uh, congratulating him and saying, uh, God bless you, Patrick, uh, for putting this out there, that we have been promoting it and that we've hit the 100,000. It looks like that happened just a little while ago. Uh, So that is uh, fantastic, fantastic news. And uh, actually, I'm going to see if we can't get Patrick Byrne to be on the show because he's also involved in another story I'll be covering toward the end of this episode. So thanks to all of you that help us hit the $100,000 goal for the Tario Family Fund so that Patrick Byrne can match the other $100,000. All right, I found this to be a little bit interesting. Uh, I know this has to do with California, so I'm going to keep this part of my reporting brief, but I just want to let you know why I'm so glad I am no longer in California. I am living mostly. I do spend a lot of time in California because of my parents and my aged in-laws, but we currently live in Utah. I don't know. We'll be here for a little bit longer. I don't want to put a time frame on it, but Texas, Tennessee, and Florida are looking very inviting, most likely Texas. Uh, I like Utah a lot. It's a lot freer than California. Still a little bit too woke for me, to be honest. Uh, But we can get to that some other time. But in an interview published by Bloomberg, Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom was asked if he ever talks about artificial intelligence with any of his kids. That's an interesting question to be asking a governor. Newsom answered in the affirmative and said that he was concerned about micro-cults. Micro-cults. First we had microaggressions. Now we have micro-cults that are influencing his children. Gavin Newsom is in a panic because his son listens to highly popular uh, podcaster Joe Rogan and Canadian professor Dr. Jordan Peterson and British media personality and influencer Andrew Tate. So now anything that is not part of the leftist Marxist cult are micro cults. Wow. This is what he said. Um, uh, Kanoka the Great had tweeted out, Gavin Newsom is worried about misinformation and microcults online because his son is asking him about Andrew Tate, 
Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan, and he highlights this part of the conversation. I had a very serious conversation with my oldest daughter about the chat bots on Snap. I really worry about the misinformation, disinformation, and what's happening with our country, but I really worry about these microcults that my kids are in. I say microcults because I don't know if there's a better way to describe it. My son is asking me about Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, and then immediately he's talking about Joe Rogan. And I'm like, here it is, the pathway. The pathway. As Dr. Uh, Jordan uh, Peterson tweeted out, We're coming for your children, Gavin Newsom. We plan to turn your boys into men and girls into women within the dark pathways of a microcult. And then he tagged Joe Rogan. Freaking love it. Dr. Jordan Peterson, an absolute beast. Jordan, uh, Gavin Newsom panicking over his kids being fans of Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, uh, and Andrew Tate. That is just absolutely, uh, 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 that's just uh, amazing. Now, that's a gateway uh, or a segue, I should say, into what's going on in California. Once again, I want to be brief about this, but these are battles that are going to be had and are being had nationwide. Gavin Newsom signed over the weekend several bills uh, uh, providing support and protection for LGBTQ plus Californians, mostly for trans. And here's uh, how it breaks down. Uh, The new legislation signed on Saturday expands a state law that schools allow students to use bathrooms that align with their gender identity. So that means that a creepy, pervy, very, very aggressive 17-year-old can go into a high school girl's bathroom with a 13-year-old just because he identifies as a woman, even if he is not or does anything to do that. The bill, which explicitly requires an additional gender-neutral option, was inspired by an attempt by Chino Valley Unified to, re- to restrict transgender student access to certain bathrooms and sport facilities. Facilities, excuse me. The Los Angeles Times reports. The law is part of a package of bills aiming to protect alphabet children and comes amid proliferating culture walls culture wars in districts with conservative-controlled school boards whose focus has become parental rights and student gender identity. This is an exact affront to conservative school districts that were passing laws and rules locally to align with the local agenda of not being part of the alphabet agenda. Uh, In 2021, Chino Valley uh, District Resolution, which would have required students to use the bathrooms matching their biological sex, did not pass after State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Tony Thurman, warned warned them that it was unlawful. It was unlawful for a local resolution to protect the values of that local resolution because the superintendent and the state's agenda is more powerful. Well, now they've put this in a law. That's not the only thing that happens. Check this one out. Bill SB 407 directs the Department of Social Services to amend the foster care vetting process to deny a family the right to foster children based on their beliefs about gender theory. I hope this gets challenged at the state Supreme Court and then the Supreme, the, the, the Supreme Court, the highest law Supreme Court of the land. Because this legislation ensures foster youth are raised in supportive environments by creating standard documentation for their needs, adding more follow-up from the Department of Social Services requiring 
LGBTQ youth need to be specifically considered an at-home assessment, including clarifying that conduct that poses a risk to the health and safety is a valid reason to deny a family the right to host host a foster youth. And of course, foster youth that identify as trans or gay or lesbian should be protected. No one's arguing against that. But what it says here is that the law uh, says that they, the family must buy into whatever the identity of that gender child is or that they uh, associate with. And here's the scary thing. Uh, there's approximately 30% of foster children identify as LGBTQ. There are 53, just uh, over 53,000 youth in the foster care in California, many of them being displaced or having a hard time getting the right and proper families to be placed with, of course, with the added burden of illegal children and unaccompanied minors taking their spots. Now let's turn nationally. The Western Journal, uh, a couple days ago, reporting that this summer, the Daughters of the American Revolution changed its bylaws to allow men who identify as women to join the all-female historical society, angering some of its members. Daughters of the American Revolution leaders passed an amendment stating that membership cannot be denied due to characteristics protected by applicable law. This is according to a Newsweek article uh, earlier published. The President General Pamela Wright clarified during the organization's annual meeting that men who have their birth certificates altered to indicate they are female are eligible for membership. Oh, we've got more revisionist history to talk about besides just people changing their gender on their birth certificates. The new amendment also revoked the right of local chapters to decide if an applicant is personally acceptable for membership. The change is just one of many happening across the country to allow men into areas and groups once reserved for women. Sports was just the beginning, folks, and we told you that. The slippery slope argument right before our eyes. And of course, they did this to protect their tax-exempt status. All right, we've got bitter loser Hillary Clinton again attacking Trump and pushing the Russian collusion hoax and that the 2016 election was stolen. Remember, it is absolute treason to question the 2020 election results. Biden won in a free and fair election, they want you to know. But 2016 and Russia's involvement is still absolute open game. Here is the 2016 denier, Hillary Clinton, with our favorite lying ginger, Jen Psaki. Vladimir Putin uh, has obviously your friend, your friend and mine. Uh, yes, indeed. He has uh, intervened in our election in the past. Right. It's not something, as you experienced firsthand, it's not something we talk about a lot. Do you fear that that is something that could be happening for 2024? And do you think we should be talking about it more? Well, I think we should be talking about it more because I don't think, despite all of the uh, you know, deniers. Uh, there's any doubt that he interfered in our election. I'm sorry. I am so sickened by the absolute in our face hypocrisy. You cannot talk about the 2020 election. It is a far gone conclusion that Joe Biden did not steal the election of 2020. 
But yet here they are talking about Putin having stolen the 2016 election. That is still on the table. Wow. I mean, and it gets more ridiculous. I know we don't uh, uh, we don't talk much about Hillary Clinton, but this is just too rich. Listen, you'll know why I, I, I'm I'm sharing this with you because it'll segue into what's going on right now with actual interference. That is who he is. Mm-hmm. I said that for years. Part of the reason he worked so hard against me is because he didn't think that uh, he wanted me uh, in the White House. So we are where we are. And part of the challenge is to continue to um, explain to the American public that, you know, the kind of leader Putin is. Yes, Putin, who was able to steal the election of 2016 and interfere for Trump, somehow wasn't able to do it again in 2020 for Trump. Biden won overwhelmingly, but he's going to do it again in 2024. We got to be careful of that. Funny how that works, right, Hillary? When you lose, it's Putin. When Biden wins, it's legitimate. Oh, by the way, I got to sneak this in. Hillary Clinton, the wife or partner of Bill Clinton, who have a list of people murdered, everything from journalists reporting on them to people exposing their deals to people that... Uh, they've done business with and been politics with. She tries to throw shade at Putin. Now, we're no fans of Putin here. But she tries to throw shade at Putin as if she's any different. This authoritarian dictator who literally kills his uh, opposition, kills journalists, poisons people uh, who disagree with him, invades other country, interferes with our election. The Clinton kill list includes all of that that she talks about absolute insanity she didn't even bring that up putin is the only one killing his opposition let me know down below if you'd like me to do a a whole episode on the clinton kill list it'd be interesting i wonder if anyone's revisited it in the, in the last several years let me know if that's something you're interested in, put it down below and of course let me end with this hillary clinton 2024 is also going to be rigged uh, uh and interfered in on behalf of Trump. Talk about what's happening in the news, but you also have to keep people's eyes on what's right behind the horizon. And I fear that, um, you know, the Russians have proved themselves to be quite adept at interfering. And uh, if he has a chance, he'll do it again. All right. Now let's get into some juicy news having to do with Smartmatic and Rasmussen and stolen election news that continues to be important, but doesn't get the coverage it needs. Now, this is what we have here. We have Polster Rasmussen says, election fraud renders scientific election forecasting worthless. We'll start sharing evidence. Okay, so prominent Polster Rasmussen uh, announced that it cannot produce accurate polls on elections because of the massive amounts of voter fraud occurring in this country. They will now provide evidence for why they cannot produce their results. This is what uh, Rasmussen reports tweeted out the other day. Election fraud renders scientific election forecasting worthless, so we will continue to cover all official investigations into it. The question is, why don't others? And yes, 
Arizona and Georgia are mostly Republican controlled. And that tweet that I just read to you was in response to a tweet from Kerry Dennison that said, so you're, you're saying all the Republicans on the county election boards and the state election boards oversaw illegitimate elections? You know that our elections are safe and secure, so stop this ignorant propaganda BS. Your business is not legit anymore, if it ever was. Yeah, the uh, the enemies of freedom are both Democrats and Republicans. We know this. Some call them rhinos, some call them establishment folks. It's the Uniparty. And they protect and are involved in stolen elections. Very, very interesting. And then in uh, response to this, Rassen reports share an example of election fraud from the 2020 election. 830,000 impressions. Governor Kemp, Georgia Secretary of State so far, 830,000. And you've got up to 150,000 ballots still uh, hidden from the 2020 ballots like these. And then they actually give evidence. So the point here is that Rasmussen is going to be highlighting and sharing evidence of stolen elections. I think this is a huge. Let's see how this develops. Now, here is the uh, uh, the big story. Patrick Byrne actually had tweeted out uh, on the same day. I'm about to do my most important video. DOJ has indicted Smartmatic for rigging a Philippine election. You know, the same Smartmatic that's involved in the lawsuit with Fox that they settled. Patrick Byrne says, I'm involved in the background and will explain it. Give me 30 minutes to look presentable. And he did a whole video, which I'm going to watch and break down and maybe even get Patrick Byrne to come on the show personally to talk about this. But here's what CNN uh, had reported, uh, CNN Business. Smartmatic implicated in alleged bribery scheme involving top Filipino election official. Smartmatic, the voting technology company suing Fox News and former President Donald Trump's top allies over their false claims that its machines rigged the 2020 election, was implicated in an alleged bribery scheme involving the former top election official in the Philippines, according to court filings obtained by CNN. So these these claims are false, is what CNN says, in the same sentence that they're reporting on this other case in which Smartmatic is involved. I love it. The court documents indicate that the Justice Department has filed money laundering charges against former Filipino election administrator Andre, Andres Bautista, and that four executives from Smartmatic subsidiaries are implicated as uncharged co-conspirators. The bribery claims are sure to reverberate in Smartmatic's ongoing defamation cases. Trump allies repeatedly peddled the lie that the company manipulated the results in 2020, despite the fact that machines were only used in one California county that year. Yeah, but it's software. It wasn't just about the machines, it was about the algorithms. But I digress. Let me know if you want me to revisit these. For those of you who have been here a very long time, know I've covered this, but it's been so many years that it might be worth it to just start having special uh, episodes dedicated to these things. I know you guys liked my uh, my Ruby Freeman rabbit hole update reporting on. I, I don't want to assume that everyone knows these things. So let me know if you'd like me to cover that. Smartmatic spokeswoman Samira Saba said in a statement that the Florida-based company has never won a, a, a project through any illegal means and stress the claims and Bautista case are not related to Smartmatic election security or integrity. 
And a reminder, Smartmatic filed that massive defamation suit against Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, several individual Fox hosts, uh, obviously Sidney Powell. They also filed the suit against Tucker Carlson, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and others, including Mike Lindell. But yet we have here Smartmatic implicated as uncharged co-conspirators in a bribery scheme that involved a Filipino election official. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. Okay. I want to show this to you. There's all the stuff from this weekend, a lot of, a lot of interesting news. Uh, I thought this was cool because people need to be exposed to truth and red pills and truth bombs when they're not looking for it. Now, I don't believe this should be like the leftists that are trying to push their agenda on Disney shows and what have you. But people who have a platform to speech shouldn't indoctrinate people, but they sure as hell should feel free to start dropping truth bombs and nuggets to entice people to look into it for themselves. So this is what happened. Uh, UFC fighter Bryce Mitchell made some very interesting comments after he won his fight by decision against Dan Ige. After winning, Mitchell grabbed his Bible, put his arm around his opponent, who was a native Hawaiian, and stated the following. Who is the winner? Show him through the fight. How do you feel? He's the hardest hitter I've ever fought. I didn't expect him to be so fast and move so well. And his grappling defense is so good too. Um, I brought his Bible in here tonight because I do believe Satan is taking over his heart. And something specifically I'm talking about is his fires in Hawaii. I'll be donating $5,000 to Danny Gay tonight to give to people in Hawaii because I know they lost friends, they lost their homes, they lost their children. And I love these people with all my heart. We have to show Satan that he can't do nothing through the power of Christ when we come together. Bryce Mitchell putting his money where his mouth is, donating uh, $5,000 to uh, Hawaii. And then, it's very interesting, uh, the uh, reporter, Michael Bisping, tries you know, to make it about the fight and what have you. So he asked this question, but Bryce Mitchell is not done talking about Hawaii. Let me ask you about your eye. Obviously, Dan connected with a couple of good shots there, opened up a cut above and underneath it. How much did that impair your vision? Oh, that's a scratch, man. That ain't nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, um... Also, too, these, these fires in Hawaii, I don't believe that they were natural. I believe they were man-made. They're trying to take the land from the natives. And I want Dan Ige, a native Hawaiian, to lead this world in prayer against the power of Satan. Well, congratulations on a great fight. Dan Ige, congratulations as well. Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty, tremendous performance, my brother. Please let Dan pray. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your winner, Thug Nasty, Bryce Mitchell. His faith means a lot to him. Brought the Bible in the octagon, and it does for Danny Gay as well. And they're in the octagon, they pray. They wanted to pray on the mic, but the, the reporter uh, didn't uh, allow them. Uh, now, whether you like UFC or not, uh, that's truth bombs being dropped in front of an audience not expecting it. And not being pushed by the, the network or, or, or the host uh, or UFC, but the actual cha uh, champions and athletes in the league. Uh, I love it. I love it. Never be ashamed of your faith in Christ. So uh, he goes, uh, please let Dan pray. And Bispring said, nah, and pulled the uh, mic away. Very, very interesting. Uh, but then they did get into prayer after the fight. All right. Let me show this to you now. Absolute violence on our southern border. 
Former Republican Texas Congressman Maya Flores tried to warn the people about the violence and chaos happening along Joe Biden's broken border. Flores told Town Hall, the Mexican cartel is in full control of the southern border. This is a situation that we, the people who live near the border, deal with on a daily basis. I reported on this a few weeks ago. It's the best time for terrorists to come to the country because we don't have border security. We have a federal government that refuses to enforce the law. On Sunday, Flores, who is the wife of a Border Patrol agent, shared these shocking photos of a bloody Border Patrol agent alleging he was attacked by an illegal along the U.S.-Mexico border. She shared this on Instagram. This is the type of violence that is being exerted on Border Patrol agents by those who don't want to be apprehended. The suspect was encountered by Border Patrol near McAllen, Texas. The suspect was labeled a rat by the cartels and fought against the agent until the backup arrived. Please pray for our men and women in uniform. You see the common theme here? Violence and prayer. Violence against us, American citizens, by absolute criminals. Flores also shared a a photo of a bloody legal who was labeled a rat by cartels and appeared to have a marking X on his forehead alleged to have been done by Mexican drug cartels. It says rata, which means rat in Spanish. It's a tattoo. He's lucky they didn't kill him. Flores, uh, of course, is the one who stunned the political world 2022 when she flipped a seat that Republicans hadn't controlled in over 100 years. Look at this guy. Totally bloodied and beat up. And people think, uh, um, look at look at his blood on his face, on his gear, gash in his leg. And of course, we're conspiracy theorists, or I'm some right winger talking about that we actually have an actual invasion on the southern border. And I don't know how, but I wanted to sleep. I want to sneak this last story in. It's a total non sequitur, but this is absolutely ridiculous. The Daily Mail's reporting that Nigerian-born writer. Atinuk's new children's book, Brilliant Black British History, claims that the UK has more blacks in its history than whites. This is called mental illness, folks. This is called lying. This is called looking through life through racist glasses, even when it doesn't make any sense. This is ridiculous. The book takes readers through an overview of the presence of black people in Britain. And there are black people in Britain. It says that Britain was black before it was white. And it says that uh, Neolithic farmers who built Stonehenge had paler skin and were descendant from populations uh, originating in what is now Turkey. This is what research was published in 2019. But the book advances claims that some of the Roman soldiers who invaded and ruled Britain were black and that the Stonehenge was actually built by black people. Now, the uh, the revisionist history got skewered on social media. Now, it's kind of lighthearted and fun. I want to end with this. According to historians, the first black people in Britain arrived under the Roman Empire in around 300 AD. Stonehenge, meanwhile, was constructed during the Bronze Age between 3000 and 2000 BC. Fake history. I, I visited Stonehenge Oh, I don't know, about five or six, seven years ago. And uh, I've only been there once. And I didn't know that it was part of my black history at the time. I might have found it more interesting. I found Stonehenge not to be as exciting as people. Uh, there's lots of things that I really thought were awesome to see. Renaissance Renaissance art in Europe. Beautiful uh, things. Fun things like the Spanish Step and Trevi Fountain. 
in in uh, in Italy. I enjoyed the Vatican Museum. Very beautiful early Christian art there. Very interesting. The Vatican Museum has beautiful early Christian art along with some of the most pagan things ever. There are great things to be seen. Stonehenge, in my opinion, wasn't one of them. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel energy. I felt nothing. But maybe had I known that black people had built it, I might have had a different outlook. Brilliant Black British History is supposed to be a children's book. It teaches a revisionist history full of hyperbole and lies. The first Britons were black. Blacks built Stonehenge. Britain was a black country. The Tudors, Stuarts, and Romans were black too, apparently. When is this nonsense, CRT, and racism going to end? Let's just give proper, real history of black Africa, real proper history of European Africa, and realize that that was long ago. They all contributed to the society that we have now. And that racism was dead and should be dead. For the most part, there will always be racist people. Except that the Marxists love to use it to divide us. Can't we all? In the words of uh, uh, Rodney, not Ronnie Dangerfield. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? From the LA riots. Can't we all just get along? Alright facts, uh, folks, we'll be back tomorrow. Put down in the comment section. On Spotify, Patreon, and Locals. Do you want me to go down these deep rabbit holes and report on things like the Clinton kill list? For me, it'll be fun. I might do it anyway, regardless of what your comments are. But I'm interested, I'm interested in seeing what those comments are after all. All right, we'll be back. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.